This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Inspirational. Lift us back up. Lift the Illini Nation back up. Eric Lee Show, Richmond's Courtney Carson, downtown Decatur. Courtney and Dom are downtown Decatur. I'm uh, bubbled quarantine time for uh, hopefully I can come back next week into the old office and see everybody in person. We uh, get a chance to go inside the locker room, courtesy of Brink Cotter Realtors on this conversation. Back to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines. Uh, with Hell Reviews. Joey Wagner. Joey, last night, fun game, you know, a, a lot of excitement leading up to it. Was it, I don't know, do you, do you contribute this to anything, or is it just uh, getting outplayed in the second half? Getting outplayed. I mean, look, that's, that Baylor team looks really, really good. I mean, it was the yeah. number two team in the country. That team looked like the team that won 23 straight games last year that was going to be the number one, or a number one seed. Into, mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. They added some transfers. They brought back four starters. But it was a veteran group of guards who just knew how to get it done. And, and the defense is just a buzzsaw. I mean, they, they don't care who they're playing. They, they are just a, a tough, tough defensive team. Their guards switched everything, made life just really, really tough for those Illinois guards. I mean, yeah. Illinois hung with a really good team that, frankly, Eric, could be the number one team in the country by the time these next polls come out. We'll see what happens Saturday against Gonzaga. Yeah, but Baylor plays that, Gonzaga, right, man. That, that game kind of felt, especially, you know, Iowa was really, really confident going into it. They all were. I mean, I, but when we spoke with Iowa, that was kind of supposed to be the coordination of, hey, we're back, right? I mean, this is a, you know, Illinois basketball is back. We've been kind of down for a little bit, and we got all these guys, and, it, you know, it's not like people look at Illinois now and say, oh, boy, we're yeah. a little too far ahead of ourselves. That's not the case, but it just wasn't quite that that firework, I think, that they wanted to set off there in Indianapolis. You know, I, I'll call it a legacy game coming in. And um, how, what, what was, what'd you get out of Underwood afterwards? He said, listen, I mean, the, the first half was they got for loose balls, they got, Offensive rebounds, and really, I mean, Georgie Bashan really pulled Illinois by the ear to get to halftime in any close game. He he threw the, the you know time back a couple of years, but that second half, Baylor just dominated him on the glass on fifty fifty balls. And if you listen to Brad Underwood talk since he's been in Champaign, it's fifty fifty balls. It's diving on the floor. It's all those little things that I think Eric, you and I probably hear it and think, okay, yeah, we. This is everybody says this, but it really matters. Speak, yeah. and, and he said, you know, we, we're not going to, we have to find a way to beat teams when we're not shooting the ball well. Iowa was six of 18, Adam Miller, two of 11. That's not really what you would have expected out of those two guys going into that. It's certainly not that if you thought Illinois was going to win. 
So it's a little, a lot of those things. But if you look at this, Erica, I don't see when you, you look at this roster like you had in years past and the way it's constructed and say, well, boy, I don't, I don't know what they can turn around to fix some of those problems. The problems are fixable. Offensive rebounding, that's where you can fix that thing. You know the shot's going to fall at some point. You know, I, I think a legitimate concern is the pick-and-roll defense. I think Kofi's been exposed in a couple games, and, and really, I mean, it, it's a two-way street with the guards as well. It happened in Ohio. It happened or against Ohio, rather. It happened here. It's a little disheartening to see, especially with the you know two veteran group. But again, these are things that can be fixed. This isn't you know a burn it all down wall. No, it's just no. not the expectation. Well, one half of basketball. It's not even forty bad minutes necessarily. You know, and it, it's a if I told you too, that's a caveat. I mean, weird things happen in the beginning of the seasons and. Four games, then you wouldn't expect Illinois, and certainly the stereo part. You probably don't expect Baylor to be as you certainly don't expect Baylor to be at its best either. But there's a lot of season left. I mean, these early season games are fun, and you know, especially for Illinois, that really it's been 16 years since a, a top five matchup like that. That yeah. you know, people people would have stayed up until three in the morning if they had to to watch that game. <laughs> and so that's fun. The excitement is there, but really. It, that's going to be a different game. I don't know if the outcome will be different, but the, the game itself would be different if they met in March. You know, so I was kind of asked about it today, and, and I said, okay, we, we all obviously wanted only to just be unstoppable out of the gate, but that's that's not how it works. I mean, there's a freshman in the starting lineup. There's a, a very important freshman coming off the bench, and Curbelo. There's new players all over the place with this team, Grandison, Hawkins, and just getting to know these new connections with some of these guys. So traditionally, you wouldn't expect them to come in, any team to come in and dominate a number two team in the country who's been in the top five for, you know, longer than you have been. Uh, they're used to being up there. So I guess at least we owe Baylor something if we were to run into them again, you know, and, and you know, maybe you've got that, uh, that underdog feeling when you run into them again. And you know what? It, 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 maybe there could be good out of this. I don't know if there's necessarily good on the court. I, you look at Georgie and feel pretty good. I think Curbelo played okay. Um, but you know, maybe it's just good to get your your butt kicked in once in a while. I don't know. Is that you know? Is that can we embrace that? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know. They got their butts kicked in. No, I mean, just, it's just good to lose once in a while. Maybe you know, I, I hate undefeated stretches. I, I hate having that. Uh, in basketball, it, it, I don't think it's a big of a deal in football, but uh, I just hate having that on your on, on the shoulders too. People yeah. are talking about being unbeaten; it's just an unnecessary thing. Now, never are you rooting to lose, never, ever, ever. But once you do lose, I mean, maybe it's like, okay, well, maybe you know, if Illinois doesn't lose to Ohio State uh, in 2005, I, I do not think they beat Arizona. You know, the sting of losing a game, you know, you don't want to go through that again. I'm not saying they're going to go unbeaten from here on out, but maybe maybe they were getting a little comfortable. Maybe they were getting you know, to be thinking maybe they're the best team in the country and we're going to go win the whole thing. So maybe you know, hopefully some good came out of this, I guess. And and uh, you know it's not what you wanted necessarily, but but hopefully we we get to that point. I mean, adults see it. Underwood sees it, right? This is just a whole other set of kids that got to learn the same lesson that kids learn every year. Yeah, I mean it's a process, and quickly, I, mean, I think some of the perception of this game might be skewed a little bit just because. It happens in such a similar time in the schedule where the day before, two days before, everyone said, well, 16 years ago was Wake Forest, and everybody kind of got that, oh, my gosh, remember Wake Forest? And and it's just it's a different situation, obviously, this year. But to your point, yeah, I mean, 
it's three guys. Really, I, I didn't know that it was going to be three this early. But when Brad went to the bench in that first substitution, he brought in Corbello, he brought in Coleman Hawkins, and all of a sudden you had three freshmen out there on the floor against the number two team in the country. And Brad has been you know, pretty open about how much he likes his freshman class, but when it came time to show it, he showed it. And he had three guys out there in their fourth college game playing against one of the best defensive teams, one of the best teams in the country. So it's going to take time for those guys. And that, to me, said an awful lot about sure. what he believes the impact of those three can, can be this year. And Curbelo is just opening eyes with, with literally every single game. I mean, I thought he sure. was good at the end of Chicago State. But, man, he, he's, he's going to shoehorn his way into some more minutes sooner rather than later, I have to think. Making sure yeah, – I, I definitely felt like that, too, that Underwood – wants to make sure everybody gets the experience in these big-time games, and that's a, that takes a little more precedence over having the best lineup on the floor at all times right now um, because that's different ways for coaches to do it. I mean, could, could you have stayed with, um, you know, he wanted, to get, he wanted to get experience for these guys, and you have to constantly keep working through the rotations because that's the only way you're going to find out. Um, you might find some special rotation in there. Um, a couple guys that really click really well. I mean, you have to you have to put the time in and run them through it, and you even have to do it in the games where you're losing in the second half. Yeah, and you know, I, I would like to think that he got most of that out of his system in that MTE. And I think what we're seeing is the rotations very much. You know, Adam Miller is in the starting lineup. He should be. Mm-hmm. The dude can get a bucket outside of last night, really, whenever he wants. But the fact that you know, I, I wasn't surprised to see Corbello off the bench. I think he had done enough. He, he's been good in practice. To see Hawkins that early was really, really surprising and really, really telling. But, yeah, I mean, you got to figure out how those all work together. Where does Grandison work in this mix? You know, uh, Benjamin Boston's Verdonk dressed. He, he didn't play. He has, you know, he hasn't really been – we haven't seen him yet. He's a split issue. There's some time to work through that. You know, I'd like to think that Saturday is also going to be that game where – Brad Tinker and muscles with line. I can't come out it's going to be a particularly close game, but I thought that going into Ohio. So what do I know? Sure. But yeah, man. I mean, I just the freshmen really, really caught my eye just in terms of how they played and really when and how much. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the last. I don't, you know, like like you said, you don't want to just give it away because Ohio almost beat them. But this is the last uh, tinkerable opportunity against a significantly lower tier f- opponent, I guess. Tennessee Martin, yeah, because it's at Duke, it's at Missouri. Uh, is that right? The, their head coach died uh, less than a month ago. Wow, really I must have missed that story. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so they've got. They've got a lot that they're working through. I think they may have just opened their season last night, but you know, you hate to put it like this, it's still a game you expect everyone to win pretty handily. But you're right. Then you get Duke. Then you get a Missouri team that's their two games looks, you know, not quite like a. I don't want to call it a cupcake because it never is against Missouri, but it looks mm-hmm. like a, a much more challenging game the more we see a Missouri on the court. Yeah, they beat Oregon last night. That's a pretty big deal. And Jeremiah Tillman seems to be, uh, from what I'm reading, it's, you know, he's starting to put it together and looking like the player. He's been good. It's just been you know, inconsistent stretches, I guess. So just another layer, right? And then, by the way, you're done with those guys. We'll welcome the Big Ten, and that's, yeah. that's going to be tough as nails. Yeah. And uh, 
Mark Smith with 15 last night against Oregon, Tillman with 11, so nine rebounds. So get get ready to boo those guys from home, <laughs> Illini Nation. Some of the guys that they booed in person then lost to, and Pickett, Javon Pickett there as well. So, But we got a couple games to, to watch before that. Should uh, – I don't know. Alani fan shouldn't he shouldn't be disciplined. You, you you wanted to win the game, but you, you our, our excitement shouldn't be tamed down any further, right, Joey? We should still be looking forward to what's going to be one heck of a fun season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look again, you're going to look up. I tell you what, I was afraid of. Gonna... Before you answer that, Joey, I was afraid of if they beat if they win this game, they're going to be favored at Duke. Since Michigan State just won at Duke, like if if not favored, it was going to be like a one or two point spread. So now Duke will probably be like a four or five point favorite somewhere in there. Uh, I was like, Boy, are we really ready to be favored at Duke or at least within the ballpark of a of, of a pick'em? So I mean, that, that is one that is one thing that you know maybe maybe is going to come out of this. That it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that any excitement that should have been should suddenly fall on its face. I mean it. That was a game that would have sent things through the stratosphere, right? I mean, had Illinois won that, it would have been. I mean, first of all, I think fans would have carried the team bus from Indianapolis to to Champaign <laughs> celebration. But no, yeah, this team is. We just seen too much. There are there are some things that need to be to be ironed out. It's, again, that the pick and roll defense is concerning. Yeah. Kofi's got to be better. Uh, Io has to be better than he was last night. But we've seen enough to know that. He absolutely will be. Adam Miller will be. Kofi will be. But it, again, it's four games in. This, this team is going to be fine. It's it's going to be one of those where all of a sudden it's February, and I don't know if this team's going to drop out of the rankings at any point, right? I mean, it, it, they just they've got it all there, regardless of what yeah. happens. Well, if they do, it, it went it went significantly worse than we ever expected. Hey, let me just yeah, ask you this: they're, they're really off the rails. Is is there is there even more than a one percent chance Io would come back next year, or, or do you think it's a one hundred percenter? Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I think we were all surprised to see him back this year, and without absolutely a yeah. the pandemic, then I, I don't know that he comes back. Mm-hmm. And for, for so many reasons, the first being without the pandemic, he gets marked. And I mm-hmm. think we've seen enough of Io to know that this probably would have been a that that run that, and just probably maybe it's not fair to to make this comparison to. That run that Kimball Walker led UConn through, where it's just like the end of games and Kimba's just going absolutely. I don't out think of that's time. crazy. Now, he, and, they went on to win the national I don't title, know but Iowa was on that level. But it, you know, it would have been a similar feeling, and, and every every NBA scout's ears perk up when when a player goes on a marked run like that, right? Absolutely. And Iowa has that kind of in his DNA. And then he, he's a kid who would have impressed at the combine. He would have done all those things with the face to face. He's just an impressive, impressive person. Uh, none of that would happened. So I, I mean, I, I would, I was shocked this year. I would be a, a really, really, really shocked next year. I just want to make sure we're on the same page of that because I was asked about that and I was like, I don't, man, I don't think there's any chance. What do you think Kofi is? Is he is he more than fifty to go? You think? It just depends on the year. Yeah, it depends on the year. I mean, I don't know that anything in these first four games have had an NBA GM say, "Hey, that's our guy." I mean, it, it yeah, but they look at the size of the guy. You look at the size and look. He, Kofi is going to go. He, he'll be just fine. He's going to round himself into, into form. We, we've seen him do it. Remember, it took him a little bit. You know, especially mm-hmm. when the games started to get yeah. tough last year. It took him a little bit to adjust. He did, and he was he was unbelievably good at the end of the last season. So I yeah. I, I don't know. He, he's a harder one to read just because the NBA is a 
know, are they, are they really looking for – but I guess, again, you look at the draft and you saw some kind of throwback bigs go in the NBA draft just recently. And that, that's certainly how I would describe Kofi. So, we'll see. I, I'm really curious to see what that year looks like for him. Absolutely. Just wanted to ask you and get that out there. I think we're probably on the same page. So appreciate the time, Joey. We'll talk to you next week. Illinois football against Iowa this weekend, too. Are you going to that? Yeah, doubleheader on Saturday. Have fun over there. We look forward to talking to you next week. Oh, man, appreciate you. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.